This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman. Grain prices continue lower in the overnight session as an agreement was reached to extend the Black Sea Grain Corridor Agreement. An announcement by the United Nations Secretary General welcomed the, the agreement by all parties to continue that Black Sea Grain Initiative. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson said that risk-off trade will continue in the grains. Uh, beans gave it back mostly as the weather in South America you know, remains almost ideal, probably the best start again in five years they've had in Brazil. But, uh, you know, they got good rains over the weekend. They're going to get more rains. Argentina got good rains over the weekend. They'll have another shot of rain later this week, but then it does get dry down in Argentina for a week or so. But they are still planting, and that's probably, you know, probably welcome to finish, wrap up that planting progress down there. You know, the war premium... It's still in the, these markets, especially the corn and the wheat market. Beans, not so much, but uh, that's what comes out of the, those black sea areas is mostly <clears throat> corn and wheat. And the energy market also pressuring the grains. But we did see a, a pretty good draw in the crude oil, 5.5 million barrels last week, a build of gasoline of 2.2 million barrels, and a draw, or excuse me, a build in the distillates of a little over a million barrels. But uh, the grind was a little bit lower that last week here too, so uh, that, that's a little bit negative corn. But yeah, the stocks are are uh, right down there. Grain market does continue to take uh, war and weather premium out of the market. Corn Belt Marketing Market Analyst Sam Hudson expects the sideways action to continue. Uh, generally speaking, a lot of these markets still, you know, locked within a, a general trading range, and uh, you know, need a catalyst to really get them out of that. I would say that you're going to start to see your farmer sell rate slow down here, uh, particularly on the corn market, uh, with harvest pretty well over and no one needing any, you know, immediate cash needs. Uh, as you get into January, February, March, that'll probably start to change a little bit with the trucks wanting to roll. So, if there is an opportunity, uh, you know, here over the next, uh, you know, basically between now and the end of the year, it's probably one to really take a hard look at. Uh, in terms of whether or not we see a bounce. And then from there, it's going to be all about South American weather. And right now, things look uh, pretty decent down there. And Hudson says basis could be where the biggest market moves come from throughout the winter. I think we've uh, you know seen a really good push in the beans. You know, Unfortunately, it's been at the expense of corn at the Gulf. Obviously, the river levels aren't doing us uh, any favors. And the Pacific Northwest, I think, will still have a market as well. Once that Gulf bid disappears, I still think you'll have a little bit of movement there. But after that, it's really going to become... Uh, you know, based on South America's weather, if these world buyers get a sense that there's a risk that uh, they could have a shortfall, uh, keep in mind those acre, the acreage expansions already kind of written down. People are already expecting that. If there's any fear about yield, those world buyers, buyers will step up again and it'll help underpin our market, I think, for a while. But, uh, you know, there again, could be locked in a relatively wide trading range with, you know, maybe 1350 to kind of be the basement uh, for beans and, and probably 1535, that gap above the market. Uh, to be the ceiling if we don't see anything crazy uh, happen down there. And regional shortages continue to prop up fuel prices while crude oil has been sliding lower. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camps says lower energies will put some pressure on the grains. We talk about a disparity in supplies like for diesel in the northeast and what we're dealing with with a really diminished supply of the 
fuel products, and that, for one, has been such a friendly storyline in the in the grain space, particularly for soybeans lately, because of the way it's driven soybean oil higher. We talk about uh, the future for expansion of oilseed processing demand, but right now there's just a lack of available supply and a huge incentive the way diesel prices have remained higher, and we'd think the same should generally extend to corn, and I'd say it does, considering where we see basis values. And softer ethanol production will put pressure on that corn market, too. You have the production down. Stocks, though, also lower on the week. So not a big surprise for this time of the year. Still, though, possibly running a little bit under what we would need to to meet current estimates for the Get the latest uh, farm news, weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can find them at rrfn.com and on most any place you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Market volatility plays a role in options prices that farmers can use to lock in their uh, crops. CME Group's Stephen Stasis spoke on the subject at the NAFB's annual conference in Kansas City. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. CME Group Senior Director of Agriculture Products Business Line Manager Stephen Stacey's says today's geopolitical climate has brought unpredictable swings to the market. Because of that, he's seen more people using short-term puts to help mitigate market volatility. Right now, volatility is high, so option prices are high and so what we're seeing is, is a lot of participants utilizing shorter term options, short dated options in this example, to, to lock in a floor. You buy a put um, that expires let's say in three months versus a December contract that would expire in you know six to nine months. So uh, it helps cut down on premium costs uh, given the shorter duration of the option. So that's a large trend we're seeing in the marketplace is, is participants, farmers, using shorter-term options to help mitigate the current risk that we're facing. Stacy's also says that CME Group's website has resources to help understand how to utilize options and other tools. We have a wonderful education section on our website too, so cmegroup.com forward slash education. Uh, there is a lot of tools. If you're new to options and, and it's lingo, there's a lot of terminology. We have two three-minute videos, short little clips to go over just concepts, definitions, to help get used to the, the ver verbiage used in, in the option space. Uh, I think that's a very powerful tool to help kind of people get an understanding of, of what, how options work, what, what exactly they are. So that's a great resource. Thanks, Whitney. USDA will release its latest cattle on feed report tomorrow. Traders will be watching for signs of stabilizing cattle numbers. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer wonders how long the herd liquidation will continue. My question is, is how do we look at that for a continued decline longer run? We continue to have poor forage conditions in the West, high feed costs. So I'm continuing to watch cow slaughter, continuing to even look at anecdotal price information for heifers. Just looking there to say, when are we, when are we going to maybe turn this? And that cattle on feed report will be released at 2 o'clock Central Time tomorrow. 
USDA is projecting a decline in meat production during the coming year. USDA Ag Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski expects next year's beef production to be right around 26.3 billion pounds. Down just over 2 billion pounds year over year. Lack of availability of good forage, uh, poor pasture conditions, high feed prices, tighter supplies are expected to support prices next year. And pork production expected to increase just slightly, while hog prices are expected to be lower. Just a modest increase in production, up by 220 million pounds or so. Demand has been good, strong and steady, and uh, we're not anticipating any big major changes in, in production next year. Futures markets and other data that uh, is just suggesting that there's going to be some price pressure through calendar year 2023. The 37th Annual American Farm Bureau Federation survey on the cost of a Thanksgiving meal for 10 people is up 20% from last year. The price for a 16-pound turkey up 21%, 14-ounce bag of cubed stuffing up 69%, that veggie tray is up 8%, dinner rolls are up 22%, 12-ounce bag of fresh cranberries, though, down 14% from last year. Weekly report from the Energy Information Administration said ethanol production for the week ending November 11th was down 40,000 barrels per day to 1.01 million barrels a day. Ethanol stocks also declined. That They were down 900,000 barrels to 21.3 million barrels. Acres and share, excuse me, the uh, Red River Land Company is reporting uh, three separate sales, totaling 50 American Crystal Sugar Company uh, sugar beet stock sold during this week. Those shares selling at uh, an average of $4,800 per share. And a third rail union has rejected the tentative labor agreement. Uh, negotiations remain in the cooling off period. Neither side can enact a work stoppage until December 4th at the earliest. That deal was made in September when have uh, provided union workers with a 24% compounded wage increase over a five-year period and five annual $1,000 lump sum payments. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, with an aging rural population and programs in place for young farmers and ranchers, agricultural law and taxation professor at Kansas State University, Roger McCohen, says remembering and learning the history from the 1980s can be a great way to help make decisions on the farm today. I read about what happened in the 80s. We can always learn from other people's mistakes. We can always learn from what happened uh, that led up to the 80s, and it was uh, a lot of bad economic policy. Well. We're kind of seeing that now. It's cycled back, and um, what can we expect from that, and how do we protect ourselves from it? So, uh, from it. So, um, reading and learning and trying to understand history is really informative for the present. And and that's the same thing on the legal side of things and the tax side of things. Well, what are the mistakes others have made? What can I learn from those so that I don't repeat those mistakes in my own operation? And Mike Owen says there are a lot more options to protect against risk than there were back then.
So what are you doing from a crop insurance side of things? What are you doing from um, the new program that's out there in terms of uh, what we commonly refer to as rain insurance? That's not the, the FSA term, but it's rain insurance. How do I incorporate that into my plan? Do I have uh, livestock indemnity protection? Do I have a livestock operation? And that's something that's new now that wasn't there in the 80s. We didn't have all these types of insurance uh, programs that producers could participate in then that we do now. Having a a good overall risk mitigation strategy and incorporating that in your overall income tax plan, your estate plan, is also very beneficial. Checking markets this morning. December wheat, Minneapolis is down four and a quarter at 961 and a quarter. March down uh, three and three quarter at 970 and a half. The winter wheats are taking the extension of the uh, Black Sea Grain Corridor pretty hard here now. December in Mini, uh, December Chicago wheat's down 18 and three quarter at nine, uh, 798 and three quarters. Kansas City's down 11 and three quarters at 943 and three quarters. December corn is down nine and three quarters at 655 and a half. March down nine and a quarter at 658 and a quarter. January soybeans down 16 and three quarter cents at 1412 and a half. And March down 16 and a half at 1418 and a quarter. In the overnight session here, January canola is down $12.30, a metric ton, eight seventy ten Canadian. On the farm calendar, a lot of state conventions coming up here over the weekend. Uh, also have a virtual uh, webinar this evening from the North Dakota Stockmans. That's their seed stock council. That gets underway at 6.30 this evening. Uh, and uh, the uh, Independent uh, Beef Association of North Dakota, uh, they'll be meeting in Bismarck this weekend. South Dakota Farm Bureau holding their 105th annual convention in Rapid City this weekend. Minnesota Farm Bureau hosting their 104th annual uh, convention in, Mini in uh, Bloomington this weekend. NDFB, North Dakota Farm Bureau holding their annual convention in Bismarck this weekend. Minnesota Farmers Union holding their annual convention in Minneapolis this weekend as well. Find out more, go to rfn.com, click on the events tab. Thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.